I know you've all heard the news. The almost pizza president has left the field. In memoriam, Herman the Clown. Kane! You thought he was just a con man clown who was using his run for the presidency as a means of selling his books and raising his lecture fees. You were wrong. He's a lot more. He's a corporate coxman. Kane! Herminator the Sperminator. He's the harasser, the badasser, and the ladies love it, except for a couple of uptight livers who can't take a poke or a joke. Kane! There's a whole bunch of honeys out there who couldn't say no when the Godfather invited them up to his suite to look at his 999. So if you want a flip-flopping, backpedaling bitch, then vote for Mitt the Mormon. If you want a pompous, pathetic, pussy-whipped professor, then go for the newt. But if you want a real man who's not afraid to put his Johnson on the line, then your only choice is... Kane! I'm Herman Kane, and I approve this ad. Hell, it gets me hot. Hmm. What about that cutie down at headquarters? I suppose part of me will miss Herman Cain. I'm not certain which part that is. I'll have to think about that in depth. By the way, this is Peter Bergman, your host of Everything You Know Is Wrong, the Radio Free Oz Daily podcast here on Tuesday, December 6th, 2011. My dear gone mother's birthday and my dear partner David Osmond's birthday. Hey, happy birthday, David. Yeah, Kane's gone, but there's another dangerous clown still in the race, <laughs> the pompous professor. Newt Gingrich, he's a serious threat to himself and to us. What an odd man. But on the other hand, Pelosi knows Gingrich. There's no better illustration of how ecstatic Democrats are about Newt Gingrich leading the GOP primary pack than Nancy Pelosi's strategic silence. Pelosi knows more about Gingrich than perhaps any other major national political figure. She was a senior Democrat when Gingrich was House Speaker, served on the Ethics Committee that investigated Gingrich for tax cheating and campaign finance violations, and even cut a 2008 ad with him on the importance of addressing global climate change. There's one flip-flop that... Uh, Newt's going to have trouble uh, climbing out of. But when Pelosi was asked to talk a bit about Gingrich's recent ascent and the possibility that he'll be the GOP nominee, she mostly demurred. Quote, I like Barney Frank's quote the best when she said, I never thought I'd live such a good life that I would see Newt Gingrich be the nominee of the Republican Party. Pelosi said in an exclusive interview this Friday. That quote, I think, spoke for a lot of us. Pelosi didn't go into detail about Gingrich's past transgressions, but she tipped her hand. She said, one of these days we'll have a conversation about Newt Gingrich. I know a lot about him. I served on the investigative committee that investigated him. Four of us locked in a room in an undisclosed location for a year. A thousand pages of stuff. Pressed for detail, she wouldn't go further. You know, if I was a politician and I could choose who to have on my tail who was looking over my shoulder and licking his or her lips, the last person I'd choose would be Nancy Pelosi. 
On the other hand, I do have a political crush. Yes. I have a real crush on Elizabeth Warren. She seems to me to be the only politician that turns me on. I think she is the herald of a better future. And Representative Barney Frank, whom we just quoted, a man I like also, feels similarly. Recently, Barney spoke about Massachusetts Senate candidate Elizabeth Warren, praising her as both politically adept and easy to get along with. His quote, Till a few months ago, I was the person most disappointed in America that the president did not appoint her to be head of the Consumer Bureau, he said. I was right behind you, replied host Mika Brzezinski. But we're both behind Scott Brown. He's now the most disappointed person, Frank quipped. Yes, he is. Scott Brown thought he was a shoe-in. You know, the good-looking Republican in Massachusetts, the Democratic state that will do that kind of flip-flop now and then. He thought he had it tied down. Frank went on to cite a recent UMass poll as evidence that Warren's electoral chances were strong. The poll showed Warren four points ahead of Brown, just within the poll's margin of error. Four points ahead of him, and she was basically an unknown, and he's got the most money in the world. He is the most um, supported by Wall Street senator in that group of wealthy men. Quote, Elizabeth is the ultimate outsider, but she's the outsider who has been very effective inside, Frank said. I worked very much with her. I'll look back on my career and working with her to create the Independent Consumer Bureau was a highlight for me. And she showed a shrewdness. She was a sort of a pragmatic ideologue, and that's the best combination. She's very likable, he said. That's a nice thing for someone to be smart, shrewd, truly progressive, down-to-earth and likable. Frank said last June that some of the opposition to Warren's nomination was because she's a woman. Some people almost unconsciously think that for a woman to be in an important position regarding the titans of the financial industry is not appropriate, he claimed. Yes, money is a man's, man's, man's world. Midas was a man, not a woman. Gold is for guys. Women are supposed to just retire to the sidelines. Although in the United States, women control more assets than men. That's because of all the extraordinarily wealthy widows. Those guys go quick gathering up all that guilt. Well, you go, Elizabeth. Here's one of Bergman's predictions, and I've been right and I've been wrong, but I think she's potentially the next female, or shall I say, the first female president of the United States. And I've got a crush on her. Occupy Wall Street is really shaking up the powers that be. You can feel it amongst the critics. You can feel it even amongst the cultural warriors. A critic, film critic in this case, for the New York Post that right-wing tabloid in Gotham, uh, attacked Happy Feet 2 as being um, collectivist, anti-capitalist, uh, pro-United Nations, feminist, etc., etc., being uh, a product of radical environmentalism. I think they mentioned global warming. Well, that was only the beginning. You know, it ain't easy being green, According to Fox Business, Kermit the Frog and his Muppet friends, according to them, are Reds. Last week on the network's Follow the Money program, host 
Eric Bowling went McCarthy on the new Disney-released film The Muppets, insisting that its storyline featuring an evil oil baron made it the latest example of Hollywood's so-called liberal agenda. Oh boy, here we go again. Bowling, who took issue with the Baron's name, Tex Richmond, was joined by Dan Gaynor of the Conservative Media Research Center, who was uninhibited in his criticism. Let's listen to Dan. It's amazing how far the left will go just to manipulate your kids, to convince them, give them that anti-corporate message. Occupy Wall Street, the ghost is in the corner. They've been doing it for decades. Hollywood, the left, the media, they hate the oil industry, Gaynor continued. They hate corporate America, and so we'll see all these movies attacking it, whether it was Cars 2, which was another kid's movie, the George Clooney movie, Syriana, There Will Be Blood, all these movies attacking the oil industry, none of them reminding people what oil means for most people. Fuel to light a hospital, oh my heart. Heat your home, fuel an ambulance to get you to the hospital if you need that, and they don't want to tell that story. Oh, the heartless bastards. You just watch out now. You go to your next film. You look for that insidious liberal agenda. It's probably there. Let's go abroad. Pakistan is closing down a drone base. I don't mind that at all. As part of their general upsetness, over 24 Pakistani soldiers being killed from the air by, they call it NATO forces, but what is it, 99% Americans? It's another sign of the deteriorating relationships between Pakistan and the U.S. when they closed down this airbase that basically didn't send as many drones into the air, but did a lot of repair on them. Since the November 26 incidents, when uh, the 24 Pakistani soldiers were offed, U.S.-Pakistani tensions have soured, with Pakistan shutting down supply routes to U.S. bases in Afghanistan and boycotting a conference in Germany on the future of Afghanistan. They are pissed. Meanwhile, the Express Tribune in Pakistan reported on Monday that Islamabad has decided to do away with all existing anti-terror cooperation agreements with Washington as part of a review of political, diplomatic, and military ties with the U.S. I say, good riddance. They have been playing us for years. Yes, I know they've got a ton of bombs. But let me tell you, if they ever made a nuclear threat, they would be dust. Nobody does that anymore. We don't need them. We don't belong there. It's a quagmire. It's costing us $2 billion a week that we desperately need. So yes, Pakistan added to the bumper sticker. Afghanistan, yes, we can't. And one final cheery note from abroad. More trouble for the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear plant. A pool of water was found to be contaminated, containing 300 times the level of radioactive cesium permitted. That they allow any radioactive cesium beats me. Officials say the leak will not disturb the cooling process of the factory, but it increases concerns that radioactive contaminants are entering the Pacific Ocean. A local report estimates that 220 metric tons of water have leaked from the factory into the ocean. Our largest farm, it's dying. Hey, you think we got a future? Everything going to be just fine if we just let things go? That we're going to be children of the status quo? Well then, dear friends, everything you know is wrong.